0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Grab Lives podcast. The views expressed in this podcast don't reflect any official view of the Los Angeles Fire Department. I am your co host, Trevor Steppen. Today I am joined with Hugo Catalan Jr., who is a behavioral psychologist working for the union. He is a representative of the Employee Assistance Program, and I had the privilege of meeting him about a month ago when we did peer support training. And during that week, I mean, John and I were blown away by just the members that who showed up for the peer support training and how much heart there was um, in the room and how much passion there was for helping our members. And, you know, the one of the best things that came out of that training for me was being uh, exposed to all of the resources that we have in place to help us. You know, in the last couple of years, our relationship with our union has felt um you know slightly different right like we we question you know do our leaders have our backs and during that week when I met Hugo and Alejandro who's here today as well who's going to talk to John a little bit later, I just felt so um, reinvigorated and you know the trust and the bond that we have with our union and with the team that is available to us to help us it just made me feel um, like, seen you know for the first time in a couple years and so it's my uh privilege to have hugo here as our guest today hugo thank you so much for being here
1: my pleasure my pleasure
0: and you know my goal right is it's no secret that first responders there's a stigma to reaching out for help Mm -hmm. right so my goal today is to um elaborate on what this whole process looks like right Mm -hmm. because i we were talking earlier and i explained to you that in the last couple years you know when we would experience a line of duty death you know our captains would encourage us to to reach out but it's not as simple as that you know like putting a piece of paper up on the on the board and and having a telephone number i mean for me personally dude i'm wondering about repercussions Mm -hmm. i'm wondering about confidentiality yeah i'm wondering hey man if i speak up and say that i've got a problem am i on this fucking am i am i gonna ride the bench you know what i mean so today dude i just want members to to hear your voice get to know you understand that you're you're so credible man like as soon as i met you i felt this this unbelievable sense of relatability so hugo tell us a little bit more about your title and just what what a day at the office looks like for you
1: okay yeah um so alejandro and i both are marriage and family therapists so that already has a different lens than a psychologist would have. Okay. Yeah, so it's we're all in psychology. We're all kind of doing the same thing and our training is just a little bit focused differently. And so with marriage and family therapy, like the, the lens that we look at psychology and a person's uh, situation in life, we look at it through the lens of relationships. Okay, perfect. And so our scope of practice is a person in relationships. And that could be a relationship at work, relationship with your family, relationship with yourself, you know, it could be all of those things working together. And so, uh, even looking at it within systems that you know, you're in systems throughout your daily life, you know, the system that is at work, you know, it's like a family system, the family system at home, you know, I mean, there's a lot of systems going at play, bigger societal ones, Mm -hmm. and smaller ones. So already, that's a little different Way that the uh, union is is kind of hired us and kind of went a different direction than psychologists. Which right. I mean, granted, psychologists are amazing as well, and they have different skills in 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 the psychology field and can do different things. Yeah. Um. But going with the marriage and family therapy, um clinician is already taking the step into a different direction where it's more of a relationship between the clinician and the and the
0: member i love it dude because it's a very approachable you know process right so i you know i've had experience with psychiatrists Mm -hmm. psychologists Mm -hmm. um i mean even more so lately as far as like emdr certified therapists Mm -hmm. all of this stuff right but what i'm hearing right now is because you have relationships at the foundation of your treatment Mm -hmm. you can apply this stuff right because i i think dude when I got hired, so like seven years ago, I met with a psychologist. Yes, and there was a lot of worksheets. Yeah, and there was a lot testing, of fig- yeah, there testing. Yeah, testing. Testing. It was yeah. a lot of like, okay, you hit this score, so mm-hmm. you're depressed. Yes, and let's try to change the way you think. Yeah, and and marriage and family therapy that it's kind of all encompassing. All encompassing. Yeah, right? the name
1: is a, kind of a misnomer. Yeah, um, but we are the first type. We're the first therapist to bring a couple into the room together, or I love the it. first therapist to bring a family in the room together
0: yeah and if you're single you mentioned the relationship you have with yourself absolutely and that has been the biggest development that i've had in the Mm -hmm. last few years is how i talk to myself you know and i was thinking on the drive over here right you know i'm not shy when i talk about my relationship on the podcast Mm -hmm. but dude i lived 34 years without leah you know what I mean? And I struggled a lot. Yeah. And so I always take myself back to that time in my life. Yeah. Because obviously she's been an amazing partner and she encourages me and she speaks to me and she loves me. And that it's been life-changing. Absolutely. But I want people to know that even if you're single, even if you don't have that teacher, if you start working with a therapist, if you start understanding the relationship you have with yourself, mm-hmm. you can be your own teacher.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it, the whole idea of the the way we speak to ourselves is is like a really big thing that i work on it's like you don't look in the mirror usually and say how good you look we always look at all (laughs) the negatives right and and so getting away from that negative self-talk really working on a way to promote yourself and come from a strength-based approach you know even if you're having problems in life right now you know even if you're by yourself and you're having problems you've got done something right mm-hmm. you're here right now yeah. right you know Hell what i mean yeah. so like i'll see a member that comes in the door and you know 35 years old say that that they, you know and they're like all these problems you know all this stuff is not working out and and all these things um, but you are a firefighter you got Hell here. Yeah. How, how did you get here? Right. You know what I mean, some of these things may not be the most beneficial for your life's journey, mm-hmm. but you have been doing some things right. Yes. So let's like focus on that. You know yes. what I mean? Like we don't always have to focus on the negative. A lot of people that's our society is kind of based on this like negative fault based approach. You know right. what I mean? Where what's wrong with you kind of thing. We want to like take what's good mm-hmm. and, and expand on that. Yes. You know, it can mean, cause like a lot of firefighters have a, 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 a lot of positives.
0: Right. I mean just even thinking about the base level compassion mm-hmm. to get into an industry without oh, yeah. you know we don't get thanked, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. often, right? No. And it's a lot of uh, selfless acts, you Yeah, know? it's yeah. a lot like, of Yeah, how are serving. you doing? You know yes. what I mean? You don't got, you guys don't get that a lot, you know. I'm what I mean? so yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I've noticed this trend within myself and the other members mm-hmm. that, dude, we love to serve. Yeah. We do. Oh, and yeah. it's very foreign for us to serve ourselves. Oh, absolutely. But when we're in the context of sustainability, you cannot continue to serve your no. family, your partner, your kids, your your patients, your coworkers, unless you treat yourself.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's, uh, that's a huge part of... What I do at, at the Center for Health and Wellness, I guess we'll get back to what that's all about. Um, but I always talk about, you know, the fact that if you're going to be able to be, you want to be there as a husband, a boyfriend, a father, a son, all those things, right? You want to do this for your family. You want to do this for your, 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 you know, your coworkers, everything like that. Well, you can't do that if you're not good yourself right you know what i mean it's like the whole idea of putting the the air mask on first and then you can do it to the person next to you right you know what i mean right if you can't breathe how are you going to help someone else out you yes. know what i mean so my whole thing is that i you have to have that self-motivation to do it for yourself first and, right. and it's not being selfish right all right that there's a difference between that you know your your ulterior motive can be for your family and everything like that mm-hmm. but you can't be there for them if you're not good right you know so i always talk to them in treatment it's like Let's, you know, your primary motivation here, your primary goal in this is for you. Yeah. You you're doing this for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, maybe your your family's in shambles, or maybe you're, you know, uh you're having issues at work or anything like that. But like
0: those will all fix themselves mm-hmm. if you get in a good spot. Absolutely. And, and you know, like I mentioned, putting yourself first is mm-hmm. a foreign oh, concept yeah. for a lot of first responders. Mm-hmm. But the idea of making yourself whole, Mm -hmm. it's not like that's going to lead to this runaway selfish behavior. You're going to put it back into what you've always been into. You're Mm -hmm. just going to show up better. Yeah. Okay. So I mentioned that the classic treatment that we see, it kind of, it's like checking a box almost, right? It's like, here's the number to call. Yeah. Yeah. So for years I've been like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've, I've talked to you about, we have amazing health insurance. And oh, yeah. So I've used outside the department resources mm-hmm. for help. Yeah. Um, but I want to paint a picture today. So okay. like, let's say that I was brave enough or let's say that I just hit, hit my max on, you know, stress that week mm-hmm. and something motivated me to make that phone call. Yeah. Okay, so you, you're you hired by the union. Okay. How so, many people are a part of that team?
1: Okay, so the union has had an EAP program for 30 years. Okay, um, and
0: EAP stands for?
1: Employee Assistance Program. Gotcha. Technically, we still do that, so we encapsulate them now. So now it's the, the UFLEX Center for Health and Wellness. Okay. Um, we have an office in Arlita, California out um, by, you know, 81s out, out there okay. by, in North Hollywood. The Valley. Panorama City, yeah, yeah, Valley. And so we're at Old Sevens, Old 81s. That's where we're our station, that station used to be there, and now it's a mental health facility. Awesome. They remodeled it, so now it's just offices for us clinicians. Okay. Um, it is confidential. It's gated so that you have to ring a doorbell to come in. There's an entrance and an exit, so it's just like a therapist's office. Um, the union has pretty much given... Alejandro and, and I and the other clinicians to have our own private practice just for LAFD members and their families. Awesome. And so we work like in a silo by ourselves, which is perfect for mental health. Not great for the logistics of a department, but yeah. it's like we don't need to have contact with anybody. That's kind of what our mainstay is, is the confidentiality aspect of right. it. So you're not going to the union hall, because that's where it used to be the offices. Yeah. You used to go talk to the EAP at the union hall and chiefs and whoever we walking by going to talk to the president or whatever like that. And they'd see who's going to see mental. <laughs> Fuck that, yeah, dude. No, right? I'm walking and, in the in disguise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, yeah. You got an inspector gadget outfit yeah. on or something, you know? And so, um, they moved us out there. Cool. And so we were kind of off the beaten path and, um, pretty much we have, we just hired one more clinician. Um, and we have, so there's four of us now. Okay. And, um, we all kind of do different things. I mean, we all do the same thing. We're all marriage and family therapists. So um, the union pretty much took a gamble with Alejandro and I because we're just a little bit off kilter. We're a little different. You know what I mean? In the Well, sense-
0: dude, in a great way. Because yeah. like I said, man, relatability. Okay. I mean, we don't yeah. have video. Up. Hugo has as many traditional tattoos <laughs> as I have. He dresses like someone from Long Beach. You know what I'm saying? Firemen, we, we are very keen on pointing out something that doesn't fit right yeah. so i mentioned dude when people do station visits and they yeah. just don't look like you know us there yeah. is a standoffish feeling right yeah. so you guys look like like someone that i would want to you know get a beer with yeah. or you know i don't drink and yeah, yeah. i don't think you do either, yeah, but you yeah, know but what i'm also, saying yeah. like the someone, hypothetical beer yes yes <laughs> the hypothetical beer There's some, someone that i could open up to yeah that's a better way to describe yeah
1: it. and i think that that's something that the union was like you know what we need to take a step back and say like we got to be better with our mental health clinicians and know what we what is going to be most effective. Yeah. And so they took a gamble with us and really saw the potential mm-hmm. and, and so we're all very um great clinicians, you know what I mean? We have just different strengths and 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 everything like that. I handle not only do I do regular therapy, you know, I, I see couples, I see members for grief and loss, I see members for TSD, whatever. Um, I also handled the chemical and behavioral addictions uh, department. So okay. technically, I specialize in that. So I started working in mental health when I was a counselor. So I, I got my substance abuse counselor certificate. So technically, I'm in recovery. And the way I got exposed to therapy was through going to rehabs. Yeah, I didn't believe in therapy beforehand. You know what right. I mean? I was one of those guys who was like, I don't need that. Like, yeah. that's for weak people. You know what I mean? I was raised by a Hispanic father that was like, that doesn't that that doesn't, that doesn't register. You know yeah. what I mean? And so me being exposed to therapy and seeing how it actually worked in my life yeah. gave me a motivation and a direction to go in. And so I went and got my substance abuse counselor certificate, started working in treatments uh, treatment centers, and that's where I met Alejandro. Oh, cool. And so the treatment center that we worked at was uh, the lady that I took her position. One of her favorite treatment centers was the one we worked at. Yeah. So she pretty much poached us from there. That, that treatment center no longer exists because of COVID and funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, through the hospital in Glennava, Venice, but uh, a great treatment center. Um, and that's what I learned a lot about counseling. And I learned a lot from Alejandro and all the other clinicians there. And then I decided to go into marriage and family therapy because of uh, the ability to do more. Yeah. You know, so, but I kept my uh, substance abuse counseling certificate and certification and have upped it as I've gone along in higher education and everything like that. Um, so I handle that portion of the mental health um, department for the Flag. So I see members that are on contract. Um, I also help members come in that have seen, that are seeing red flags. So I have an open door policy. I don't, like you don't you know it's very easy to get in contact with me if mm-hmm. you if you start to see red flags i tell this to to graduating classes that are coming out of the the tower yeah i say you know what like you guys handle you guys have one of the most stressful jobs imaginable you know some of you guys you know along the way may have learned some good coping strategies some of you may have not you know what right. i mean and a lot of people you know that's just the way it is i didn't have all the coping strategies i've had to learn a lot Going through therapy myself, um, continually to, you know, continuing to learn as I go along. Um, So, when they have these red flags, I want them to have a place to come to to talk to a clinician that knows substance abuse and behavioral addictions, um, you know, sex and porn, all those different things um, where they can come and talk to and not be in fear of getting in trouble with the department, having right. something incur with their job because that's just one more stress. Absolutely. And so my door is always open and it closes afterwards. I don't talk to anybody. You know what I mean? I don't have a chief I have to uh, speak to. I, You know, the union lets us handle our members the way we want to you know what i mean because they trust us as clinicians and they don't micromanage
0: us i love that dude it's awesome to hear because we are afraid of repercussions you oh, know, yeah. as much as we complain about this job dude we don't want to lose it oh you no, know. and i was on a, uh i was taking a low dose uh zoloft mm-hmm. when i was in the right before the drill tower i was i used to be married mm-hmm. I was having a lot of problems in my marriage. And then I had this like opportunity to get my dream job. And I was like, man, I'm fucked up right now. So I went to speak with a psychologist. He put me on a low-dose Zoloft. Now I'm in the drill tower. I have great insurance, but I'm scared to refill the prescription Now mm-hmm. that I'm using The department's insurance Yeah I remember making A phone call To the relief association And kind of like Being super vague Yeah About Let's say I need to Refill an antidepressant You know And I just got so scared Dude I paid out of pocket For it Oh wow I paid like 250 bucks For like crazy. a 30 day supply Because I was so scared that while I was in the drill tower, I was going to lose my job. Yeah. So I love hearing that you guys have space between you and you know some of our administrators, some yeah. of the bureaucracy.
1: Yeah. And you have
0: freedom. Yeah. You have Freedom and, to treat.
1: And that's like the really nice thing about um, our center and 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 what the union has really done with putting their money where their mouth is. You know what I mean? Like they're really just like saying, you know what, you guys handle this. You know what I mean? I have never had anyone say you can't do this or that. Right. If it's for the good of our members.
0: Dude, and that was honestly so refreshing to hear a peer support training no. because in the last two years, dude, the coping mechanism of venting has fucking crossed a line now, yeah. dude. And it's so negative. It's a lot of talking uh-huh. shit. You know, I'm I'm overdue for a raise, you know, and a lot of people point fingers at the union, you yeah. know, and it, it was so nice to hear that. Yeah, dude, we might have problems with money right now, but we don't have problems finding you someone to talk to yeah right and so you're available to talk to alejandra's available you guys mentioned you just hired a clinician who's certified in emdr yes yes and so
1: and another one the other clinician that just started maybe maybe a few months ago yeah she works a lot with anxiety and 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 uh trauma she's a trauma certified she's she's it's amazing yeah so So whoever
0: whoever you need man we have someone available for you yeah you know because like i did eye movement desensitization and mm-hmm. reprocessing yeah. i did emdr because we you know had a bunch of pregnancy losses mm-hmm. and i knew that we were going to continue to try to get pregnant but yeah. i didn't want to bring in all this fear you yeah. know i wanted to be excited about the miracle of creating a human life yeah. and so i went in to te- to help me deal with ultrasounds cuz as you know if you've ever been pregnant you go and get several ultrasounds but for the for the longest time ultrasounds were very triggering for me. Cause that's where I discovered that we didn't have a viable pregnancy. Yeah, and so I used to go that. in and I would do it via zoom and she would, she would play a metronome and I would look, from wall to wall and i would describe every detail of mm-hmm. going into an ultrasound room and the best part was the cognitive restructuring because in the in the beginning of re, you know going over the memory it was yeah. all like victimization i oh, was yeah. all like poor me and i'm so scared and there's all this you know trauma around me mm-hmm. and then by the end of the session i would just look at things so differently and it, it just kind of like reinvigorated a strength in me. And it just got me to look at things from a different angle. Yes. So yes. EMDR, you can use it. You can use it for incidents at work. You can use it for incidents at your home life. It's kind of crazy how it even works. I mean, it's like, it's a, a, it's bizarre, dude, yeah, but yeah. it's so effective. The lady effective. that figured
1: it out, she was walking through a field and got startled. And she, I know she was like, a she was some, she, I don't know if she was a psychologist or something like that. But she noticed when she got startled that her eyes went back and forth like that. Ah, okay. And it's, I guess it's a biological thing. When yeah. we process trauma, yeah. our eyes seem to fluctuate side to side. Yes. And so she was like, what's that all about? And then that's
0: where it kind of figured dude. it out. Yeah, right. And it's wild because I would be sitting in my bedroom, but I, even her asking me to go into the memory, dude, mm-hmm. I would feel anxious. Oh, yeah. You know I So I'm in a safe space, but I'm going into that oh, memory. Yeah. And then just even moving your eyes back and forth, dude, I would feel exhausted. Oh, yeah. But the, uh, I can't even tell you like the breakthroughs that come from just like a, a five minute oh, session, yeah. just how you think about the memory. Yeah, dude, it's trippy it's rewriting how you writing these yeah. narratives, yeah. right? So we're trying to accomplish something today. We're, we're rewriting the narrative of reaching out for help. Yes. Right. Because what I'm envisioning is, dude, I make that phone call. All eyes are on me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now my crew is second guessing my ability to perform under stress. Mm-hmm. Now my captain is watching me a little bit more closely um and and so the goal today is just to just to know that if i make that phone call what what are you gonna suggest do we meet in person and so first off you know it's
1: the whole uh process of reaching out and everything like that like has drastically changed with guys like you captains out there that are a lot more supportive and this whole idea that you know mental health is a component of a healthy human being yes you know what i mean and i think that that is something that has been in transition for a while and the department is going in that direction awesome you know know what i mean i've noticed that trend especially with any time i've met a new member or a captain or a chief very supportive yeah very into it you know even if they're not into it for themselves they know that it's important for the membership yes you know and so I think that that's, you know, and, and you guys have a great fire chief that is also very supportive of behavioral health as well. You yeah. Know what I mean, she's very, very forward thinking with that.
0: Um, it's important. I'm so glad you acknowledge that because, you know, a lot of times we generalize. Mm-hmm. I, dude, I hear all the time, they don't care about us. Mm-hmm. Well, be specific with the they, you yeah. know, because we just, in Battalion Five, we just got together and talked with Bo and talked with mm-hmm. Captain McIntyre and Chief Cook about, you know, about mental health, dude. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah. We saw so much progress. Oh yeah. There was so much good feedback. Oh yeah. And so please, you know, just like we we preach a lot, be careful with your narrative. Yeah if you're saying they don't care about me, you're basically just it's quitting. Yeah. You know it's what victimization. Saying? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because you know I mean? exactly. there are people who do care. I'm sitting across from someone who does care, who has yes. a cell phone yeah. who's available.
1: Yeah. And so going into the whole process of uh reaching out, you know, it's just as easy as looking you go on the union website. You go to the Center for Health and Wellness tab and it has the clinicians listed there and it has our number, awesome. cell phone number. And you give us a call. If I don't pick up when you call, leave a message or text. It's, yeah. a, it's a cell phone. I, I I text. Some guys like to text more than they like to leave messages. That's cool with me. Um, we like to have a turnaround. You know, Maximum is a 24-hour, but most of the time it's within a couple hours.
0: Dude, amazing. Because we hear a rumor, right, that mm-hmm. is if you try to make an appointment, you'll wait three, four months. Now, what I learned in peer support training was we have two teams of psychologists, correct? Yes. The departments and the unions. Yes. And now I'm not even criticizing the department psychology team because I have spoken with members that use them. Yeah. Right? They, They meet with them and they've... They've had a great amount of success. They are
1: amazing. Um, you know, they're both there's only two psychologists. And right, so hence the wait time. Exactly. And so they're they're really uh investing in getting more psych, more psychologists there, more feet on the ground, great. which is which is huge. Both of them that are there right now are amazing. We That's what I've heard. Yeah. And so we have since we've been in uh at the union, um Alejandro and I. We've had a great relationship with them. We cool. collaborate, and and we all all of us are really on the mindset that like we're working together because we have the same goal. That's awesome. You know. Yet, yes, they may have different protocol because of being on the department side. Yeah. And we're a little bit, a little bit more freewheeling because the union just lets us handle our stuff quietly or whatever. The department has different protocols. so we don't kind of figure. You know, we don't understand what they do. They just. Our side is just, we just treat members and that's it. You yeah.
0: Know what I mean, I'm more likely to make a phone call to you. I'll be yeah. honest. Cause I'm 37 and I know what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like every time I've, I've had a psychologist or a therapist or whatever, he's, it's been a male. Yeah. I just find I can relate to them more. Yeah. I and, can, I can be more honest. And I
1: think that that's kind of
0: a testament to how we have clinicians.
1: We have two females and two males. Awesome. And so, um, that's something important when you come in to look for treatment too. It's like, don't get hung up on the fact that like the first person i saw i didn't like okay i'm stuck with them forever yeah. it's not like that right. i'm not going to be upset if you're just like dude i don't think this fits right i'm not right. going to be like man you know i'm going to storm out get the hell out of my office no
0: i'm yeah, not going to yeah, do yeah. that at all that's like when someone decides not to go to the emergency room yeah, yeah. i'm not like are you kidding me yeah yeah yeah, exactly right <laughs> i'm like, like okay that's great back if you need me but <laughs> yeah. that's awesome i'm gonna go yeah. get a coffee
1: yeah you have your own self-determination you're good yeah you yeah
0: yeah
1: um so My goal, too, is like, if it doesn't work with me as a clinician for you, like, I'm going to be there to help you find the right one. Awesome. You know, so part of our job as marriage and family therapists is, you know, referrals. You know what I mean? Being able to get you to the place that you need to go to. So our center, we see members and, you know, family members um, for, you know, relationship issues, anything like that's going on in their lives. You know what I mean? And, and with family, like we tend to, um, if it's just a family member, we will see them for like six to 10 sessions, stabilize and get them to appropriate, uh, specialization or whatever they need. And, and what we do with our referrals and like what I do especially is that with, uh, like substance abuse treatment or mental health treatment, like I go and check them out. Awesome. I go, you know, all in Honda, and I will do a, a field trip, and we'll go check it out. We know what's you know, look, yeah, you know yeah, what's yeah. going to
0: be effective or yeah, not. Yeah,
1: we know we know substance abuse. You know what I mean? Like I know a treatment center that's you know going to bojangle around, and you can you, know, yeah. you see people walking around the halls like, what are you doing? Like you know, they're supposed to be in treatment. We um, we vet them. You know what I mean? We yeah. vet the mental health treatment centers as well but also part of vetting them is making them accessible through
0: your insurance So right. it's, I'm
1: not gonna send somebody to a treatment center that's not covered by your insurance that makes no, that makes no sense I
0: love that dude because we do have incredible insurance mm-hmm. but nowadays in modern healthcare it is common for therapists to not take mm-hmm. insurance right yeah. they might do a super bill yeah but for me right I went to a treatment center that took my insurance yeah. and dude, the weight that that was lifted off my shoulders huge. knowing that I was going to receive a team huge of, of you know therapists that and I was going to pay zero yeah. out of pocket. Yeah. It's yeah. like, why wouldn't I do it? Oh, yeah.
1: Like, I always say to people when they come into my door for treatment, like, I already know they're nervous. You know what I mean? Like, it, Hell, it, it, yeah. yeah. you know
0: what I mean? Like, it's that's walking through that door is already such an accomplishment. Dude, most people are are still trying to learn how to open up to their partner. Oh, yeah. So to open up to a stranger. Oh, yeah. It's daunting. Oh, right? yeah. It's, it's intimidating. But what I want to communicate just from someone who's walked through these doors yeah. is having someone who works for you having someone mm-hmm. who is trained to listen and to provide help dude yeah, yeah that's a it's an honest it's like and a, and such I, a great expression of self-care yeah it's like putting yourself first oh, and, yeah and real like i don't cut my own hair yeah you know what i'm saying going into a barber shop and knowing like this dude went to school for yes yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like, he, he's he's there to give me what i want yeah dude it's a it's a good feeling yeah
1: you're not going to walk out thinking you got a bowl cut or something like that right <laughs> you know what I mean? like it's like just putting a bowl on your head and um
0: what but, year were you born uh 86 yeah same brother all right so the up. bowl cuts were very well in a lot back one, then I dude, I had same one, same got yeah. like, like all fourth grade dude just killing it yeah bowl cut. um
1: but so I acknowledge that experience. You know what I mean? The, the fact is that I understand the anxiety that comes with walking into a, a room with a person you don't know yeah. and, and you're supposed to like talk about everything. Like, right. I had to go through that process myself. I acknowledge the fact that, like, dude, you're nervous. Like, I don't know you. Yeah. I'm nervous too. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, even as a clinician, it's like I'm embarking on this relationship with you. This, uh, um, um, like treatment relationship like the and so therapeutic relationship that's what it's called yeah and, and so like it is a two-way street so like i acknowledge that i know it's nerve-wracking to come in there yeah. I'm, I'm a little nervous i don't know who you are you know right, what i mean right. Let, we're gonna do this together yeah you know what i mean and so um really understanding that like it's okay not to be totally normal and like open book with everybody that you walk you know when you walk through the door the first time that's that's okay
0: yeah it's okay and and you're you're working with someone who's hired by the department by mm-hmm. the department's union but just understand that you're not walking in as a firefighter you know you can hang your your turnout's on the door because okay. like the thing that we have to get over is we don't walk into any incident unprepared yeah you know you don't go to a fire without a tool in your hand and you don't show up for an ems run without your box and monitor Mm -hmm. and so i can imagine that all of our members are like trying to prepare for this first meeting because that's a part of our profession Mm -hmm. you are allowed to enter unprepared you are allowed to say i don't know how i'm feeling i don't know what to expect oh yeah there's an element of trust here that you're 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 meeting someone that you don't know, but guess what? This man's intention is to help you.
1: Oh yeah. Like I think the, the biggest thing is like, yeah, I'm not a firefighter, but you know, working in treatment center that we saw a lot of firefighters and had a lot of first responders. I kind of got started getting used to that, you know, mindset, the culture and things like that. And then being here for as long as I've been here now, the two years over two years now um, I'm constantly learning too. like there's a, Whole, You know, the whole buzzword culturally competent, you know what I mean? And I tend to stray away from that Mm -hmm. in the sense that, like, I am never going to be as competent as a firefighter in their job because I'm not one. You know what I mean? But I can be culturally humble. Yeah, I'm humble to their experience. I'm humble and curious to learn about that experience where I can go with them on their journey through, like, mental health treatment and give them the most competent treatment possible by, based on what they have allowed me to learn about them.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you, dude, you might not be a firefighter, but you're a bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I get a feeling like, you know, cause a lot of firefighters say, I'm not gonna open up to someone who doesn't understand what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. For instance, dude, I've spoken to clinicians that yeah. when I said I was stressed out at work, they said, why don't you just quit? Or yeah. like one girl was like, why don't you go work? at the fire station that's near the beach or or get (laughs) on a helicopter get get on a boat get some more sleep why don't you just get more sleep eat better dude and i'm like that's not even the same department no i know so that is frustrating and Mm -hmm. i'm going to compliment you again on your humility okay because you mentioned you're in recovery Mm -hmm. and we see that a lot We see that therapists have been through their own journey and now they're determined to pay it forward but i've had clinicians that we're paying it forward where we would spend an entire session talking about their journey. Mm. And I almost felt like this person's motivated by redemption or they might be doing it for them. And I didn't get that feeling like I was being served and Mm -hmm. you, you just give off this, this whole vibe of being humble. You've been through it. You have this credibility, but you're, you're, you always make like me the focus, you know? So like, I just, I really love that quality about you. Thank you. No, yeah.
1: I, I think that that's part of being a effective clinician is that I, my story, yes, it influences my treatment of, you know, my, the treatment I give to members, um, but it isn't my story. You know what I mean? I go into a, a session with a member and it's about them. Yeah. You know, yes, my story at times may help a member oh for sure the but relatability. It's not the, yeah but it's not the center of it right you know what i mean i don't you know if my story doesn't fit into theirs like if, if my recovery journey you know my exposure to treatment those aren't going to help the member right then there's no point exactly you know what i mean i my whole idea is like if i'm going to share something about myself like in my head i'm like is this going to help the member or is this about me getting right. validation?
0: And that's your self-awareness, wow. dude. It's it's all time. Yeah. So, yeah, I just want to uh, communicate to our members that, you know, like that, that feeling of not wanting to open up someone who who doesn't do this for a living. Well, as long as that person's relatable, mm-hmm. you know, as long as that person's humble yeah. and wants to understand like why you can't just transfer and fix everything with a mm-hmm. slow stations. Cause slow stations don't exist anymore. Yeah, <laughs> know, yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of a joke. So, but you've been doing it for two years, man. Yeah. So you, you understand. Yeah. And this I mean, profession. and
1: I mean, I, you know, every chance I get, I'll ask questions about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because if I don't know something like I have no problems asking questions, you know right. what I mean? Like, that it's nothing worse than someone pretending like they know what they're talking about,
0: dude. And absolutely. And you know, we sniff out bullshit better than the average person. And so if you're, if you're telling us that you're a marriage and family therapist who specializes in, your relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your partner, and also the relationship that you and I have yeah. working together, right? Is that's always going to be a better foundation. Oh, yeah. Because so if you come into any relationship wanting to hear the other person's perspective, wanting yeah. to understand what they're going through. Yeah. So, and I really love that you brought up the substance abuse because yeah. you can't you can't make your relationship better if you're still battling an addiction. Yeah. You can't. That that cannot be like. Oh, we'll deal with that later. No, no.
1: That you. That takes primary focus. I mean, I've seen uh, members that have you know more than one issue. Yeah, but substance abuse is something. You know what I mean. Their their relationship to drinking or drugs is um, influencing everything else.
0: Absolutely. You know what I mean. You
1: can't really get better unless you take care of the primary issue. Dude the
0: the worst I ever was, you know, and you know, this was like at a time in my life where I was single, mm-hmm. I had no healthy coping mechanisms. I had suicidal ideation. Yeah. The the thing that changed me was I got sober. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just wasn't able to think clearly. And yeah. this is why, dude, there's there's kind of like two schools of thought. One is let's encourage people to check on that person who's hurting. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in this, I, I agree, that is a fantastic way to to help, right? But there's also this other way that I kind of believe in, which is encouraging that person who's hurting to reach out. Right, because at that time in my life where I was drunk and I was sad and I felt alone, dude, I was ignoring phone calls left and right. Oh yeah, you know. So I, you know, I think I was talking with my mom, and then I had a, I, I had a trip plan where I was going to go camping with my sister, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to be in nature, and I'm going to have you know this girl that I love and who's you know who's always been there for me. Yeah. And I'm going to show up sober. I'm going to show up where I can actually get the most out of this camping trip. Yeah. You know. And so that was a big a big part of my journey was Mm. just clearing my head. Yeah. You know? And so that's what I, I've kind of focused on encouraging the people who are struggling, you know, like, cause if you are ignoring those phone calls or people are making sense or giving advice, but you're just not ready to hear it, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to encourage them to to reach out.
1: That's the big thing, you know, uh, with such a big department and us being four clinicians, it's not, feasible for us to be calling everyone
0: that yeah they, everyone who's off injured yeah I mean, that's yeah. a
1: huge list and i know that you know, i know that peer support's taking that on as wanting to do that for their peers right because it is effective yes, Right. we is. may call 20
0: people and absolutely. one dude who answers guess what that's better than nothing uh,
1: absolutely and I, and I and and you know us reaching out it does work but it also has to come down there has to be a culture within the department to you know if someone calls if someone's hurt they call 911 you know what right, I mean? they're right. not they're not just not calling you know what yeah, I mean? we're not calling yeah, yeah. Yeah. we are not
0: cold calling for business yeah, yeah exactly you're not going out there being do like you do you want to go I, to the I, hospital you, today you broke your leg <laughs> like you
1: know what I mean like, are you drunk like I, we can take you somewhere no yeah. um no uh so knowing that we're there and and just calling us for anything and knowing that you know um especially with substance abuse it's like scary as hell because like you know I'm gonna lose my job they're gonna test me all this different right. stuff like the big thing is, is not to focus on all the other stuff, you know, like everything else that's, that's auxiliary in Yeah, the, losing your job is better than losing your life. Yeah. But I mean, some members that might be different, you know what I mean? Like some guys, that's what gets them motivated to get sober. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, but the big thing is, it's that with my like department and what I, how I've changed the, the, the addiction program, I kept it pretty much the same because it's effective, but my idea is that. I want members to know that like, even if they call me to talk about their addiction, they're not going right away to a treatment center. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I want to know what's going on in their life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go and call their captain and say, you know, yo, this guy's drinking on the job or whatever. Like, that's not my role. You know what I mean? My role is to get you help in the most appropriate way possible. Um, We don't, like, when someone comes in my door, that says like, I think I'm drinking too much. Okay. Like, no one knows besides you and I. Yeah, You know what I mean? And- we can work on a plan to get you in a better spot. You know what I mean? Be it outpatient treatment, be it inpatient treatment, be it um, just treatment with me. You know what I mean? Counseling and like maybe doing different exercises and different things that like can uh, help promote sobriety. Yeah. Um, And or sometimes it's situational. Sometimes you're in a bad situation. Like there's members that are on... On a in a department in a station or on a special duty or whatever that is not conducive to their like well-being. Yeah. So, changing those things, you know, maybe it's a relationship or anything like that. But I my big thing is that you know, no coping mechanism should be, you know, if it makes you feel better or whatever for the time being or whatever like that, it shouldn't cost you your 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 job. It shouldn't cost you your friends, family, your life. You yeah. know what I mean? At the end of the day. Um, None of that should be affected. You know what I mean. A, a coping strategy should be a positive thing to get through tough times, yeah. not just something that you rely on as a crutch. Right. You know what I mean. And so, I always tell like the graduating classes and even the guys going into the tower because we speak to both. We speak to them when they go into the tower and when they come out. When did that start? I don't know. I know that they've been doing it for a while, but the style of presentation. As you've seen with
0: Alejandro <laughs> and I, is
1: a lot different. It's so
0: different, dude. Because I remember when I was about to graduate, we had a member come in who was in AA, mm-hmm. and he, he just kind of talked about burning the candle at both ends and yeah. drinking too much. But yeah. at that time, man, like um, I was just focusing on graduating. Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, no. I'm and like, so, God, yeah, 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 I don't need to hear this. You're
1: about to go into a, your, your first house, like yeah. that's
0: like not. You're, you're you're thinking three times down the line. But right? I've matured a lot, also. Yeah. Like uh, my first four years on the job, dude. I was proud that I didn't sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it was a high. Yeah, machismo.
1: You know, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, a I rush, handle. dude.
0: Yeah. yeah, and like now I got a baby coming. I think a lot more about safety. Mm-hmm. I thought I think a lot <laughs> about more like about just like taking a nap. Now
1: you're becoming an adult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> about time, dude. Right on time is what I like to say. Uh, yeah, so, you know, honestly, you're going to speak to people in a graduating class and some of those guys are like, you know, this ain't for me, right? Yeah. But there is that one person or maybe more that is going to benefit from you speaking
1: yeah you know and i and i know that the the clinicians beforehand had a very like canned and like written up presentation and it was very dry and so like you 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 see right through that you're not paying attention to that you're you just signed life insurance you just signed your life away (laughs) to the union like you know all those different things so you're like you're not focusing on that as you saw with uh, Alejandro and I at the peer support conference, like how we talked in front of the the, the group of peer supporters. It's real. Yeah. It, well, that's how we talk to the graduating awesome. class. You know what I mean? Like, so the, they're getting all these like, you know, sterile people in front of them. And then they get these clinicians that are not. And yeah. we're just kind of speaking from the heart. Yeah. Like, for instance, like the way I'm talking to you right now is the way I do treatment. I can tell. that. that like, I, everyone's like, oh, you're like, are you going to have me lay down or write notes? Like, I don't write notes. We just sit there and talk. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's about the relationship. You know what I mean? Like if you're not comfortable in the situation, you're not going to open up. Right. You know, you're not going to want to talk and take risks. You know what I mean? Like I understand that, you know what I mean? I really want therapy to be a kind of stress free zone. You know what I mean? Like everything else in your life is already stressful. Like why does therapy have to be stressful too? (laughs) Like that's not the point. You know what I mean? So we go there and talk to the, the graduating class. I tell them, you know what I mean? Like, you know, your first year you're not going to like, even if you have a major drinking problem, like you're, you're not going to be able to go to treatment. Like you you're stuck at work. You have that first year. You know what I mean? So even in that situation, I've had, you know, probationary uh, firefighters come to me and they come and see me on a monthly or a weekly basis just to navigate that first year stress. You know what I mean? Like a lot of it is occupational stress. You know what I mean? Like they may be drinking more because of, them being at their first job ever, like this is their first job ever, and it's like, right. and you know, so they're stressed out and everything like that. So we work out that situation, so and us- f- and usually the drinking will subside and stuff like that. And if it needs to be reassessed after their their third house and everything has calmed down, they're not in probation anymore, then we can do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And but we've already have that relationship.
0: I'm really proud of these rookies that are hitting you up, man. Yeah, because like I, I bottled everything up on probation. Yeah,
1: we've had a lot of like success um, with our outreach to the probationary firefighters. There, a lot of them have come to us, you know, not understanding why they're stressed out, not understanding why they're unhappy. Yeah, Um, and usually just power. You know, the idea was like just suck it up, power through it, whatever. You know. A lot of them, and I'm like, dude, have you ever had a job before like this? And he's like, no. I'm like, well, maybe that's the problem, dude. You, know I mean? like, yeah. you don't know how to work with a bunch of other men right. and women in a closed space with a bunch of different personalities. It's navigating that whole stress. That's a whole new dynamic in their life. And so my whole and Alejandro's thing is that we come in as clinicians. We have the letters behind our names. But the main thing is, is that now you have that other human to talk to. And to vet like sometimes they come in there and want to vent, want to have a bitch sesh, and, yeah. I, and I and they're like, "I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I'm venting, I'm bitching, or whatever like that." I'm like, "This is the one place you don't have to apologize.
0: It's your time, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: If you need a vent, I'm here to listen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's cool. Like it's then therapeutic. We can, yeah, yeah. And, and then we can move into getting into the solution. For because sure. Bitching about something is just dwelling on the
0: negatives. Yes, it is. You know,
1: and my whole thing is that you can do that for a little bit.
0: But then we gotta get into the solution. Dude, that's why this podcast was born. Because yeah. John and I, we had reached our max on bitching. Yeah. It's about the solutions now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the fact that the the career culture mm-hmm. is its own stress you know oh, the yeah. general public thinks that it's the calls we go on dude a lot of times it's the politics dude yeah i mean the, the it's the personalities
1: yeah the personalities because you've got a lot of hot shots and you know <laughs> firefighters are dude like they're uh, like the most amazing group of individuals i like have ever met you know yeah. what i mean it's you know all with their negatives and their positives but like just like the just the way that you guys can go into a job because it is a job at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like you're in an occupation. Yeah. It's a calling and it's a career, but you're in, you you know, you elected to do this. Mm -hmm. You said, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go through all the process and become, do this job. The ability to do the things that you do is amazing. You know what I mean? And, um, I under, you know, but the whole idea that like you're in a job setting, you know what I mean? There's rules that you can do on the job, rules that you can't do on a job.
0: We forget. Yeah. We forget, dude, because it's, it's a really unique job. Oh, yeah. And so... You know, I remind myself and my coworkers all the time about how much gratitude we should have for all the freedom that we have. Oh, yeah. Because you know, I've had other jobs, right, where I get chewed out for a late email. You yeah, know, yeah. Or just like something that didn't make a lot of sense to me. You yeah. know, and we do have a lot of freedom. We don't have We have a lot of independence, you know, and like, yeah, sure. We have red tape and bureaucracy, but what job doesn't? Yeah.
1: And especially with such a, you know, you guys are the creme de la creme of fire departments. You know what I mean? Like there's like, there's probably like three or four in the nation that you're on a list with. You know what I mean? Right. In, and then that's in the world too. Like I think that, you know, I think United States fire departments are the best of the world. You know what I mean? The rest are like volunteer. You know what I mean? Um, So it's a huge organization. The organization right. is going to have its own issues with how everything works. That's that. But mm. on a person to person situation, like the, the occupation itself just has, you know, within the station, there's personalities, there's rules, you know, there's learning how to be one way at work and another way at home. You That's know what I mean? been
0: my biggest challenge. And, and
1: I always tell people that, you know, firefighters are very unique individuals, like amazing guys and women that um, have such amazing strengths. They obviously were picked by the department because of certain strengths. You know what I mean? Like You guys go through interviews and everything like that. So there are certain aspects of your personality that the department was like, oh, we like that. Yeah. And then they take you to training and expand that. Oh, big time. You know what I mean? So all the things that may be negative coping strategies in your relationship with your wife,
0: They're trained upon in the department. Okay. okay. They're praised too. Exactly. I used to say in fights, this is the way I am. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, I needed to add it to add a little bit extra on there. This is the way I am at work. Yes. And it's challenging for me to be different at home, Mm -hmm. but because I love you, I'm going to embrace that challenge and see it as an opportunity and learn how to turn it off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's in the, I've always noticed that with firefighters, there's it's black or white big time, you know? And when you go home to your partner, it's gray. Yep. And learning to live in that gray is very difficult. For oh, it's so
0: difficult for you know, a control
1: freak. Oh yeah. And like that, there's no solution to this problem. Yes.
0: <laughs> or I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to communicate yeah. my feeling. Right. And that, a lot of
1: my treatment is dealing with firefighters in just that space. Yeah. Like teaching him, like I have a firefighter that will come into me and he'll be like, just learning to live in the gray. Like that's all that that's our treatment yeah. is learning to live in the gray. That's it. And yeah. so, going home and not assessing for a situation and not looking for a solution and then, uh, like, uh, accomplishing that the right. task. Right. Like, I'm like, if your wife didn't ask you to do it, she doesn't want you to do right. it. You know what I mean? Right. So,
0: Dude, I was like, I was so guilty of that. I would like straighten up and do all these things. And yeah. then I would be stressed that I did all these things on my day off. And then resentment would build. And mm. then I'd be like, wait a second. I did these things mm. because I wanted to. Yeah. Or I did these things as a way, a means of getting love. Yeah. But, she didn't, you know what I mean? Like, she didn't ask me to no. do this. I'm creating my own fucking stress. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of us are guilty of self-sabotage. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, even I am. Yeah. I, you know, Hell I, yeah. I, I, it's I, a human I, quality. Oh, bro. yeah. We, we all do it. Um, you know, I always tell, you know, members is that like, you know, when they, the training that you get as a firefighter is amazing. And like the skills you learn and the ability to like fix things in a moment's notice and assess a situation and all this stuff, all, all that training really doesn't apply to your day at home. Nope. Yeah. You don't get <laughs> trained in how to be a good husband, boyfriend, dad, all that. Like none of nah. that, none of the tower relates to that.
0: No, it I, actually, dude, the more I work, the worse I am at home. Yeah. I'm working overtime a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, way more impulsive, yeah. less patient. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And it's so a tough balance.
1: Learning, you know, a lot of our way of treating our members is having them learn to turn it off. Yep. You know, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? I know that you guys had a an episode talking about grounding. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, I know Alejandro's going to talk about his serenity lap that he does afterwards. I know I play music, you know, a certain type of music, or, you know, there's certain things that I do to turn down. Um, but like like i have a light in my office it's like a salt lamp and i turn it on when i'm doing sessions nice. and when i leave i make it a, like a conscious like even if it's just unplugging the lamp but it's like i'm unplugging what you know all the stress all the things that i'm carrying for all these members and leaving it right here That's and healthy. not taking it home you know what i mean yeah. so there's always a ritual you can do yeah and rituals so, are huge yeah and so even if it's something very like switching your shoes before you get into your car that you have like yep. you know what I mean? something like that that is just intentional yes can help but
0: and tactile like, yes. you're absolutely right like when i make relief in the morning meaning like i'm telling yeah. you, you know the guy that's coming into my position hey these are the calls we ran this is the equipment yeah. we used i i make an intention of having a ritual when i'm hanging up my turnouts i'm, I'm not just hanging up my ppes i'm hanging up the, the stress that i felt yeah at work yeah and it's
1: intentional even it's, if it's something that's simple that you would be doing anyways yes if you're doing it with the intention behind it to do something else then that's that ritual you know yeah. what i mean you're you're attaching something to, that's important to just a normal day to day thing yes and so like, that's kind of like one of the things that we talk about but it's really you know with members it is learning that like this training it doesn't apply to everything <laughs> you know what i mean you can't be a firefighter 24 hours a day that's where a lot of problems happen
0: you know yeah and i think a lot of guys and girls can relate to maybe being called out like i can think of so many memories right now where i was just in the fucking zone dude Mm -hmm. my first few years on the job where like a buddy of mine was like dude you're like way harder now and i was like yeah you know and he was like no dude it's not a good thing you know like and i didn't cry for 10 years I remember this one time at a family dinner, the way that I asked my brother to pass the salt, my mom was like, Ooh, that was not nice, you know? And I didn't see anything wrong with it. Cause that's how I would talk at a fire station. Yeah. So turning it off and learning to live in the gray, it is helpful. It is, you know, about making this career sustainable yeah. because, you know, you may go your entire career, no problems. That's fine. You know, but I think if you found this podcast or if you're even interested in the, behavioral psychology department offered by the union, then you maybe have this little voice that's telling you, Hey, there's some shit to work on. Yeah. So I know we could talk all day. I know we're going to try to keep today's episode short. My goal was to, to allow members to meet you hear your voice understand that you're super credible you're very relatable and you're available right and you get back to someone within a certain amount of time and guess what if you can't work with them you're going to refer them to someone that can work with them
1: yeah and i'm also you know the big thing with us too is that we understand how the scheduling works with the department so like normally with a therapist you have to have that like you have to like change your uh, appointment within a certain amount of time. Like I have the understanding that like, I have all these appointments, but it's like musical chairs. Like I get yeah. calls. I didn't get relief or I'm going to be late or, you know, I'm, I had I took on overtime or whatever like that. I understand that. And so I work with members in that sense. Like, it's not like, again I'm gonna be mad at you for changing your appointment like it's like I get it you know what I mean dude, like, I'm
0: so glad you brought that up because yeah. I I've had the experience where the, this dude wanted to talk to me every other Wednesday
1: yeah and, and I, sometimes
0: I'm on duty and yeah. then if I canceled less than 24 hours in advance dude I get charged like 50 bucks yeah yeah and so like again therapy is not supposed to be as
1: stressful as the life that you're living you know yeah, what I mean yeah. so like I tell everybody don't trip it's all good like if you need to change your appointment it's kind of last minute. I'm not going to be mad about it. It's okay. We'll we'll work with whatever. You know what I mean? I also do Zoom. um, And sometimes even members are a little bit more nervous or cautious and want to just do phone. And, yes, I, and, and yeah. so I'll work with Zoom them Zoom is
0: tough Yeah Like we're doing a lot of Zoom interviews right now And I'm like dude That would fucking rock me Because I usually like Vibe off of someone's energy Yeah And I, so it's different With yeah. Zoom I, I like phone calls Or I mean I prefer in person Yeah But phone calls work better th- For me than Zoom I can walk around my apartment exactly. You know like I can breathe Yeah a bit.
1: yeah You can pace and do Whatever yeah, you need I'm to do I'm a pacer, you, dude. Yeah same here I'm the same. I'm like, my, my wife's like Dude what are you doing Like stop walking around um, But so I try to meet the the member where they're at. You awesome. know what I mean? So it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not going to be upset that you want to just do calls or Zoom or, you know, in person. Like we, you know, I'm just there to be there for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so um, we're very aware that scheduling is like the way it is, you know our numbers are our cell phone numbers on, on the website. Yeah. So you can either call the office. What's it, the
0: website one more time.
1: It's the union website. So it's okay. uflac,
0: uh, dot org, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I'll post it on yeah. Instagram yeah. as well as like and, how to get in touch with you. Guys. And we're
1: in the, one of the top sub bars or whatever like that, but it's okay. our numbers. our cell phone numbers are there. Like you can, you know, even if I've never met you before, you can shoot me a text saying like, Oh dude, I'm a member. I go to the station and this is my you know, shift or whatever. That usually is helpful to figure out scheduling with, I know there's shifts, yeah, but, um, I'll be like, dude, okay, like, let me. I'll hit you up in, you know, an hour after my session and we can chat. And yeah. so then we can get the ball rolling. And literally, whenever you're next available, and I have a next available, which is, you know, it could be the next day, mm-hmm. we can have it happen then. You know what I mean? And so it's not, there's no real like hoops to jump through with the union uh, clinicians. Like, we, you know, we're referring each other. You know, I'll get a call and be like, oh, I think it would be good with Alejandro. And so, like, I'll call Alejandro and be like, when's your next available? And he's like, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And we'll get him linked up. And, you know, I've been on three way calls with Alejandro, giving me a member. Um, and then I've seen him the next day. You know what I mean? So it's really, you know, we want you guys to take advantage. Like, the fact that we're getting busier is great because, is. Yeah. you know, it, it's great in the sense that those resources are being used. Yes. You know what I mean? And, um, We've made a lot of great relationships with treatment centers and mental health f- facilities that um, we like know the people that work there, like the way we are talking. You know yeah. what I mean? So that, that we know that they're good. You know what I mean? Um so whatever it is that you need, even if it's specialization for child psychology, like we have a tre- we have a center that does that as well. You know what I mean? That knows the fire culture as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the big thing. Like there, you're not going to be going to a clinician and having to explain like what you do as a job over and over again, which is can take the whole time. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah, we're just the good thing with the union or our union is that they cut the red tape with the mental health treatment and allowed us to just be clinicians
0: absolutely dude and i hope everyone listening to this episode feels a little safer feels a little less afraid of the repercussions mm-hmm. and the stigma and the confidentiality and just realizes that our department is not perfect but yeah. the goal of this podcast is to um, create unity within the department again yeah. and understand that it's us that's helping us mm-hmm. and we have an amazing team at our resources and so i get it making that phone call it can be intimidating right because you're acknowledging that there's a problem right and a lot of us feel more comfortable just living in denial or bottling things up Mm -hmm. but just understand that this is a very casual approach to improving every part of your life yeah you can send a text to a guy who understands what you're going through who can help point you in the right direction so congratulations on having the awareness. Congratulations for working on a badass fire department who is interested in writing a comeback story. Yeah. We have resources available for you. We're in this together. I'm going to post on Instagram how to get in touch with Hugo. Yeah. And next up, we got John talking to Alejandro. Hugo, thank you so much for making the time, brother. It's been honestly a A pleasure to get to know you and to continue to work with you and to be able to explain to guys and girls that are having a hard time that we have an amazing team at our fingertips. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, brother.